there's a direct correlation. Uh, it's easily seen in automotive. People who have the title of leader but don't act appropriately. Mm-hmm. There's huge turnover. And what is turnover in a marriage? It's a divorce. Yep. And it's so devastatingly impactful in a negative way. Welcome to the Business of Parenting podcast. Tune in as we discuss the principles of successful parenting as a business professional. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of BOP, the Business of Parenting podcast, where I get to talk about anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to parenting. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have the one, the only, the infamous, not famous, <laughs> Mr. Bill Schoenberg with me. Bill, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm great, Jason. I uh, I tell people I can never be the straight guy. If, you, if you're going to compliment me, I'm going to chuckle. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you for this opportunity. This is going to be a lot of fun. I was just thinking about this, you know, Bill, it's been, it's been several years since we've connected and, you know, it's... It's fun because, you know, but I, I, could, I call you my friend and, you know, but I think we've only been in person with each other a couple times. <laughs> so it's, but, but we just have that type of connection. And I just, I think it's just so cool what has happened over the last, you know, uh, four or five years in the sense of just making these kind of virtual, these virtual connections. So I really appreciate you taking the time to jam with me today. I know this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we are friends, and uh, I tell people the same thing. Your early generosity, you know, we met on LinkedIn, and um, I was, you invited me up to your one of your events, which was so cool to attend. That's right. That was a Sean uh, Kelly one, I remember, yes. Yep, it was awesome. Uh, but it's your generosity, part of the core of the topics that we'll cover today around your your the true definition of what a friend can be and is and your influence in my life. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. That means a lot. I really appreciate it. Well, Bill, you know, I love kicking off these podcasts with origin stories, A, because I'm always fascinated. So let's kick it off with a little background about yourself um, and about the family. Thank you. I, uh, I was uh, born in Nebraska, uh, married late in life. I met my wife when I was 40. She was 42. And uh, I term it as uh, I chased her until she caught me and was so blessed in that relationship. I had two careers, one prior to my marriage as a professional horse trainer, uh, one during my marriage, the uh, building sports fields, athletic sports fields around the country, a couple times projects uh, outside of the country. Very blessed in both. And having a marriage, I became a stepfather. a stepfather, a new business owner, and a husband all in the same week. Oof. It's not a good plan, but it worked out tremendously. <laughs> um, we were married 19 years before she passed away in uh, at the end of 16. And uh, the continuation of that part of the story, I have three grandchildren that I just adore. That's awesome, which is your, is your second act, right? That's what keep, people keep telling me. You know, I mean, my, mine are only seven, nine, and eleven, and they're like, "Oh, wait for the second act." You know, everything, every every mistake you made, all right, in the first act, you get the opportunity not to make it in the second act. I'm like, grandchildren well, okay. are the blessing for not taking the lives of your children along the way. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? Well, well, Bill, you got some cool topics um, that we can cover, and you know, I like, I I just love. 
honestly, I just love doing this podcast series. I really do. Because I just see there's there's so much correlation between the way that we manage and lead and operate business and the way that we manage and lead the business that is parenting. And one of the first topics you chose was, you know, positive reinforcement, which I'm going to take a moment here. I got to be honest with you. I'm not super great at like I, I, I'm not. And maybe it's because of me spending so much time in the automotive industry where, you know, it really is. It's not necessarily a team thing. You're very much so on your own. It's a suck it up buttercup. Check it at the door. You know, just just go, go, go. Push, push, push. Hustle, hustle, hustle. That sometimes, you know, what it is I, I feel like I forget to do that positive reinforcement. Um, but I'd love to kind of get your take on how we can consistently execute positive reinforcement with our kids. I think I can give you the the clearest example with um, we learn this at a very early age, the, the idea of thinking that we have to point out mistakes and flaws and what have you. Here's the example, the new school teacher. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, age they start doing math, but teacher introduces herself. She turns to the blackboard and she puts the seven times table on the blackboard. Seven times one is seven, seven times two is mm-hmm. 13, seven times three is 21 all down the line. And what is the class doing? They're laughing at the idea that seven times three or seven times two is 14, not 13. So they're highlighting in their experience one uh, one tenth of completing the problem when she got 90% of the uh, equations correct. Mm -hmm. And that manifestation of highlighting the negative carries over into all of our lives. Good point. The, um, the, the impact studies indicate that it takes seven to 10 positive reinforcements to overcome a negative. And overcoming that negative, we can change our brain, the patterns that we have, but it takes that focus around, what am I doing? Am I highlighting a negative? Or am I reinforcing a positive? Mm -hmm. The the inverse would be, wow, she got 90% of those equations correct. And so it's a practice. It's easily done. But the military has a a saying, just because something simple doesn't make it easy. So it's just the consciousness, the self-awareness of continually asking that question and getting the feedback. Who's our most important customer in our lives? Our children, mm-hmm. they're the recipient of everything that we do. And most of the time, or a lot of the time, they receive the negative aspects rather than the positives. One last point around that. Do you ever, um, I, I try to practice the idea, when do I think the last time is that somebody heard something positive? Mm-hmm. And if you take the dealership example, What does a sales manager or a general manager hear 90% of the time? No. Oh, what their team did wrong. Yes. So when I visit uh, a store, whether I know who is there or not, I make it a a task or an opportunity to mention something positive in my experience. And in most stores, that's easily done. You just have to be aware of it and then communicate it. So that's my perspective related to positive reinforcement. Well, and you know what? It makes 
such a big difference in business. And, you, and, and I think the reason that you can see it in business is because you can actually see it in the numbers, right? Like both of us had a, have had the opportunity to be in many, many, many dealerships. And, you know, there, I, I can walk into a dealership and I can, I can tell, all right, when the, uh, the concept of positive reinforcement is being utilized within the staff. There's this, there's something in the air, right? Like just, there's this sense of happiness or uh, accomplishment, right? That, you know, we're, and, and I'm thinking it was like some of the best sports teams also are kind of the same way, right? It's not necessarily that they won the game, that they, they left everything out on the field. And, you know, to be able to kind of have, to be able to execute that leaving of everything onto the field, well, that comes from positive reinforcement, not from not from yelling and screaming. All right, someone's definitely not going to give it their all and leave everything on the field when you're being negative with them. Uh, but we see this, but it's it's an easy thing to measure in business because you can actually see it in the real numbers. You can see higher conversion rates. You can see more profitability. You can you you can see how the method or or the the concept of positive reinforcement affects the business from a financial perspective. But that's not necessarily something we do at home. We don't, or I, I can't, I don't necessarily keep a, a P&L statement on my kids. Maybe I should. And uh, that might be a good podcast for another time. <laughs> but but it's, it, it's, it's those little deposits, those, those positive reinforcement deposits that you're putting into the bank so that, you know, when a negative one comes by and it will suck out from the bank, but the bank is always maintaining a positive balance. Um, it, it, it's it's so important. It, it's so important. And and I find for myself, I have to be 100% honest with you. I have to be very, I actually have to be intentional because that's I won't, because I won't do it naturally. I, that sounds weird, right? <laughs> well, it, it comes from what you just referenced comes from, you, you, you use the correct word intentionality, but it's also that personal responsibility piece, the self-awareness of self. And uh, if I could give you, you know, if, if we're the the uh, analogy with the PL sheet, if I could give you a line item on that, that for me is a huge indicator. Because a lot of times we walk into these stores, um, we don't have a sense of how this store is operated, how mm-hmm. it's run. You can see the social media side, but until you visited, you don't know it in person. And uh, the cliche or the overused term buzzword now, culture. Mm-hmm. As soon as you walk into a store, at least as soon as I walk into a store, I can measure that almost immediately. And here's how. If the employees, meaning whether you're in the service uh, area, whether you're on the sales floor, whether you're in the accounting department, whatever department you're in, if the employees are comfortable talking to each other, they don't clam up when when a stranger walks in the room. They just continue their banter. Nine times out of 10, that store's well run and it's profitable at the level that the ownership desires because of that one factor. If the customer, if the employees are comfortable mm-hmm. talking to each other, they will be comfortable talking to your customers, the people who walk in wanting to buy a vehicle. Well, and you know, look, it's the power of positivity. It, it's, 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 it's infectious. It truly is. Totally. But, but equally so, negativity is also infectious. 
um, because uh, you can see it. You can almost kind of feel it. You can see it in people's body language when you walk into into a dealership. The showroom, people just kind of just shuffling around. Their heads are out. Their shoulders are down. Nobody looks in right? the eye. They're just like, I just want to kind of hide away from my manager because he's going to be up my ass or something here pretty soon. Uh, but this is actually a perfect. This is actually a perfect segue into our next topic, which is a consistent positive influence through actions in leadership. I love the topic of leadership. Um, most people I talk to, I was just on, I was talking to um, Lou and Fred recently, the car guys, right? Uh, uh, coffee. And um, just leadership is a big, big part of it. And and I find that um, consistent leadership within our business, but consistent positive leadership in our business, all right, generates amazing things, like you said, like culture. Um, but I kind of find sometimes that like, the effort we put into creating positive, consistent leadership is seems to be easier in business, but difficult to execute in the business of parenting. I'd love to kind of get your approach of how how do we make it consistent? With so, if you if a leader can practice it in their business, and it's not practiced at home, that's a decision, and. You've heard the statement, we hurt the ones we love the most. And the, yes. the manner in which, I'll go back to the, to the um, walking into the store and sensing that, the negative aspect or feeling, it, it transmits instantly. If the boss, so an example, if the boss is having a bad day at home and he walks into his business, everybody knows it. Yes whether they're directly impacted or indirectly because um pardon the crassness but you know what they say shit rolls downhill and so if the leadership uh if somebody in a key leadership position is having a bad day it can easily transmit into everybody's having a bad day the way mm -hmm. to counteract that is to be self-aware and the inverse taking that attitude home you're such a powerful encouragement in your in the as a leader in your business. All of your employees are happy. Your business is profitable. If you if that's genuine, then that translates into the home life. You know that that leader, male or female, treats their spouse in a positive manner, and the same thing it is reflected in the attitude of the children. Yes. How they do their schoolwork, how they compete as a team member of a sport, um, how they, <clears throat> excuse me, in their extracurricular activities, if they're a member of the orchestra or the band, every extracurricular activity, when you see a successful team, it's because their home life has a positive influence and they overflow with that influence onto the people there they interact with in the other activities of their life. It's that simple. It well, comes back to that same part, personal mm -hmm. responsibility. And I, the, I think there's a key word here. I want to go, I want I want I like making rabbit holes by the way. And I like finding rabbit holes and I like going down them. So, um, you know, it's just like I consistent positive through influence. I'm with you 100%, right? Um, leadership. I believe a title that is earned, not given. Um, you know, it's not something, you know, just because, you know, you're the leader of your household does not actually make you a leader. 100%. Right? There's a word that you put in here, I think is so key, the actions. The actions are actually what make you a leader. And 
you know, look, it's we, we give we give our our business. All right. Um, so much of what's in our tank, you know, that when we get home, do we have enough in the tank? All right. To continue. All right. Positive, positive influence through action. Right, because we're, we talked earlier about positive reinforcement, which is something that can be done through words, and words have tremendous meaning, tremendous meaning. But you know, this is actually you know positive inf influence through action. You know, and I'm just trying to kind of this is my head. I'm trying I map stuff out. I'm like, okay, so what what would you say some of these actions are that define us to be positive influencing leaders? Are you familiar with the book uh, Five Love Languages? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like. So, if you use that as a foundation, and and uh, I doubt I'll be able to name all five, but um, physical touch, <clears throat> uh, quality time, gifts. Uh, there's two more, but the point is, and, and this goes back to when when younger people are dating and getting ready with the idea of I'd like to find a mate. Well, find alignment. Because this partner that you have in life, there, <clears throat> there's a book uh, by a pastor, Rick Warren, and a line in the book says, the Lord cares way more about our character than he does our comfort. And realizing that the partners we select in life, are the, they're either the fuel or the cost of our energy. Mm -hmm. And if if you select a partner who fuels you and encourages you because that negative voice in your head, that partner that you spend most of your time with and who, uh, if you're a man, the partner bears your children. If you're a woman, the partner helps raise your children. That influence has such enormous weight on what actually occurs. And, and here's the point that you referenced talk is cheap. The easiest Absolutely. conflict to spot is when our actions don't match our words. And if that takes place at home, all of a sudden your partnership sucks energy out of you rather than gives you life. Yes. And that translates then into how it's reflected in your business. There's a direct correlation. Uh, it's easily seen in automotive people who have the title of leader, but don't act appropriately. Mm -hmm. There's huge turnover. And what is turnover in a marriage? It's a divorce. Yep. And it's so devastatingly impactful in a negative way. Uh, unless it's managed well. <clears throat> and here's the part of your rabbit hole. I was so fortunate. I am. Um, my marriage was my first. It was my wife's second. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wrote a manual on how to navigate the potential pitfalls of divorce related to personal relationships and those, how they affect our children, um, my wife and her ex-husband did a magnificent job. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, I, but look, there, there's, there's benefits. Like, and, you know, we, we see this in business as well, right, is, um, you know, uh, we, we, we potentially learn more from our failures than we do our successes. Um, Every in fact, time. We, we do very much so. Right. And hence the reason we were, we were kind of joking earlier, we were talking about your second act. Um, but there's some truth, right? Like we learn, all right, from some of our 
failed efforts in act one that now grandkids come along and I get to do act two. And they're there. No, I don't disagree. There's actually something probably to be said about that. <laughs> right? You know, speaking of how you navigate that, do you know the name Scott Risley? Mm -hmm. Scott had an image and I wish that maybe there's a way that can be added to the notes of the podcast or what have you. But we think of success and failure as opposites. Yes. And if instead you looked at success as a brick and failure as a brick, imagine that you're building a wall. And the only way that that wall is strong and true and able to either repel the enemy or support the structures that would be placed upon it, that wall in our lives has to contain both bricks, successes and failures. Agreed. And the failures are going to outweigh the successes, but they're a, they're, the failure is a key component, key brick in building a successful wall. Well, you know what, and I, I think that's actually a perfect segue kind of into that this next topic of ours of offering forgiveness and grace. Uh, because I think a lot of the times when we do fail, all right, or others around us fail at what they were supposed to do or the activity they were supposed to execute on, all right, um, you know, I'm I'm not quick to do this. So, you know, I think it's one thing to offer forgiveness and grace. It's another thing to do it quickly. And oh, um, amen. Th this, this is definitely a place that I know for myself um, I need to get better at. But and I find, but but I'm I'm self-aware to know the reason I'm not overly fast at this because I'm not overly fast at doing it for myself. Meaning wow. that if I fail, I will kind of hold on to it, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sure there's some reason, uh, but I want to kind of almost take ownership. I'm not quick to forgive uh, myself and and give myself grace so that I can continue to move forward, but. Um, that's a tough one, man. That's a, I, I struggle with that one. And I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on how we execute that. <laughs> uh, perfect context, Jason. The, um, the ability to forgive oneself manifests itself in how well will I forgive others? And to your point, how quickly will I do it? Um, I, I know that perspective well. I know that I punish myself for the failures that I can see because I can see them so clearly. We, we don't always see them in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Becoming self-aware of that compounds and translates into how do we treat others? We will always, uh, I, I used the idea earlier, we'll always hurt the ones we love the most. Well, learning to love ourselves is such a powerful trait because when we learn to do that, we actually give ourselves permissions to love others enough that when they fail, that the manifestation doesn't result in anger because anger is an expression of a frustration of unmet expectations. And again, this sounds all, you know, um, psychobabble and those kind of things. Just the way we're wired. Of it's the way our brains are made. The chemical reactions that take place of the uh, dopamine and serotonin and all those things that influence when we have a positive experience and more importantly, when we have a negative experience. I, I've Either we mentioned in the prelude or uh, now we'll mention it, the idea of 
changing our brains. We, we can learn to change our brains. We can change our minds by the way we act. And that action is both mental internally and physically external. The internal, of course, is what we experience. The external is what others experience with us. And so the, the ability, and it is a practice, it's an intentional practice, forgive yourself, love yourself, that will allow you to forgive others and love others completely. Um, Which, Bill, I'm so glad that you said that because um, this is a new space for me. I got to be honest with you, right? Like, I didn't come from, let's call it a, a lovey, touchy, you know, kind of a, a household. I was, look, don't get me wrong, I, I had an amazing childhood. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> complaining by any means, right? You know, yeah. but uh, I, was, I was never in sync you know, with, you know, why I felt certain ways or how that affected me and stuff like that. And, but, but you're so right though. If I can't do it for myself, I can't do it for others. And um, there's so much correlation between how that affects um, work and home. You know, uh, I know of a couple examples I can always think off my head where I did a good job. And then I can think of like a 30,000 examples. I did a bad job of this, right? But I remember in, in business one time, I had a used car manager who um, who accidentally bought a car on an online auction, and he 100% did not bid the vehicle even remotely close, about $10,000 more than he should have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the vehicle clearly had an accident, and he didn't look through all the pictures or all the descriptions. He bid on the car like there was no accident and ended up paying $37,000 for a car that was probably worth only seventeen grand. Um, and the auction was like, no... You, you bought, bought this it. car. You bought it, right? And, you know, from a business perspective, my head was I'm going to forgive very quickly because I just don't have time. Like the price, the, the amount of money I'm going to lose, all right, on the car, all right, doesn't outweigh the fact if I lose my used car manager and I fire him and everything and I don't forgive him and I don't forgive like that, that just it, the cost doesn't add up there's not a balance well, there yep yes like I need him more than I need a $20,000 loss on a car you know like just is what it is you know so but I was quick quick to do that but but at home I can't seem to execute that same type of mentality because, you know, business is so demanding and there's speed and the rhythm and the, and just the pace of it. It's just like, no, I got to do this quickly because I got to move on. But then I just find at home, I'm not as quick enough to do that. And it, it does, it affects, affects my, my ability to be a leader. A hundred percent affects my ability to even generate a positive reinforcement environment of any kind. Um, and I just, I don't know. I haven't quite figured it out. I guess I actually don't necessarily know if I had a question when I was going in that rabbit hole, but I just... <laughs> I, I think that the... Uh, I, I don't want to play host here, but... No, go for this it. This actually... The two between offering grace and forgiveness and <clears throat> the next topic of receiving and accepting gifts of kindness and generosity. Let me tie the two together. Mm -hmm. Um. We talked about the importance of selecting the right partner. We didn't talk about manifesting an environment of real positivity, meaning a date night, a regularly scheduled date night. Yes. People, you know, you hear the word, no, I just want to be spontaneous. Well, good luck with that. Life has another plan. Yeah, we don't do that and, in business. Can you imagine? Like, just, yeah, just put it, that within the context real quick. You think we'd just be, hey, guys, uh, we're just going to have a meeting right now. 
just real quick, just come on over. You know, yeah, it's, well, it's romantic, right? I'm being spontaneous. No, that doesn't work. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> great, great perspective. That's exactly right. And then that translates into back to what we were touching a little bit with the, the internal versus the external. And and I'll I'm going to share a, I, I will share a personal experience that um, 12 years ago I had a life changing accident. Um, by life changing, I mean I shattered every bone below my waist. I, I literally, uh, again, pardon the vulgarity, but I couldn't wipe my own ass, mm-hmm. and I couldn't wipe my own ass for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I had to. My wife and I, I, I've started to adjust my language. My wife and I had to navigate uh, loss of income, mm-hmm. um, enormous responsibility that she took on taking care of me and teaching as a uh, fifth uh, grade school, fifth grade teacher for special needs kids in a 90% poverty school. So unwittingly in my stupidity, and, and stupidity is what caused my accident, lack of responsibility, um, I put a a burden that nobody expected, least of all her, for the next 18 months. And my point is, we had a great church family who, for uh, months on end, while she was teaching, somebody would sign up one day a week, one morning or one afternoon for weeks on end to come be with me, get me to physical therapy, mm-hmm get me to doctor's appointments. Uh, I had 12 major surgeries, one each month for a year. Wow. So the, here's the point. What do you think the hardest lesson I had to learn was during that period? All of these people were so generous. And for the longest time, I worried about how I was going to repay them. Well, you can't. You, it, It's impossible. No. Yeah. And... I still struggle with others being generous to me. Um, and the inverse is I love being generous. So it's one of those, huh, I love this. Nobody else could possibly love it as much as me. So I'm going to refuse their generosity. See the conundrum that we create for ourselves mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. act in that manner. And so the forgiveness and grace feeds right into learning how, and it's a learned action. It's, and it starts as with something as simple as this. When someone pays you a compliment, say, thank you. When someone else says, thank you, say, you're welcome. It's these, these gratitude practices that feed into all the other aspects of our lives. And here's one key point. Uh, my wife passed away at the end of 16 from a, a brain cancer. And the one thing she always wanted me to do was slow down and be kind to myself, be kinder to mm-hmm. myself. And I wish I had listened more and well. We're back to that select the right partner piece. And, and you know what? And it makes all the different, um, not only in just the business of parenting, but the business of just of, of you of just personal business it's just you know partners and who you partner with as is yet they have to feed off each other there's this kind of symbiotic 
you, you know relationship you, you know that partners bring you know it's like there are there are different talents and strengths in fact there should be a, I, sh I should do a whole podcast just on identifying partners because you know i think that's um one thing that i spent a fair amount of time on uh, before i got married was like is this the person i want to partner up when it comes to kids because um from what i know kids don't come with an instruction manual and i have no idea what the hell i'm going to be doing like is this this that person but i love that but you know what though let's actually let's 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 uh we're at the tail end of our conversation but i always like to ask and leave which is one last kind of final question for you um and by the way, Bill, thank you so much for just being so open and, you know, just transparent, honest with us today. There's, I, I think there's just so much value in just learning from others. I, I, I am no expert, by the way, in the business of parenting in any way or form. I, I, I probably make more mistakes than I do, um, <laughs> than do successes. But um, we'll finish off today's podcast with just kind of a last question for, for anybody out there that's watching and listening who is maybe a new parent or soon to be a new parent from your many, many years of experience, Bill, what, what advice would you give someone who's just getting into the business of parenting? Gosh, there, there are so <laughs> many aspects, but I think one of the keys we touched on it. Um, it's so important to learn to love yourself mm -hmm. because you, you hear all the time a new parent, uses the phrase, I couldn't love this child more. Well, then act like it. Mm -hmm. Because the extreme emotions that are going to come along with this new responsibility, compounded by the lack of sleep, um, you know, you hear people say all the time, I use the acronym HALT, don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And the risk of becoming any one of those to an extreme will create unbelievable stress that's also unnecessary. Comes back to that personal responsibility piece. Um, all of these topics that we've covered in, in a brief manner, come, they rely on that one single part of, mm -hmm. am I willing to be responsible for this new level of care in a human's life. It translates backwards all of the preparation up to what sort of a person am I? What sort of a partner with my spouse am I? And all of those things to your point translate directly into the impact we have as leaders in our homes first mm -hmm. and then in our business. A lot of people get that order incorrect and it's easy to spot when it's happening that's very very well said bill thank you so much uh for sharing that by the way uh, i really appreciate you taking the time to jam today this has been so much fun uh for everybody out there watching and listening who would uh, like to connect with you maybe follow along with your journey what's what's the best way to do so i'm on both linkedin and facebook um my profiles have my personal phone number in it my emails um, you can reach out and contact me either way. Um, I'm not hard to find. And Jason, I'd like to thank you. This is such an important topic and uh, podcast that you have created. The, the, the information that you're examining and trying to put into a, a bite-sized form for people, it is so important for the generations today and those to come.
there's there's no you can't overstate the power and the influence related to the topic you're covering i i appreciate you as a friend a mentor in business um appreciate everything you do and just grateful for the opportunity today thanks bill you have yourself an amazing day likewise sir Thanks for tuning in to the Business of Parenting podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.